Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you walked in be with us once again. I appreciate you guys tuning in on the radio side here at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com. We're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in to our online affiliates around the world. We're glad that you all can join us once again as well. One of the conversations I think we hear a lot about uh, is, especially here in the South where I am with the changing weather and the different things that have taken place in the world, is the conversation about climate change, global warming, and all of the things that sound very catastrophic. Our next guest is able to navigate these important conversations with his own humor, but also with his, with his own inquisitive nature as well. We're excited to welcome Andrew Boyd to our broadcast today. He's written a great book. This book, I think, is addressing some serious topics, but it does it in a way that I think all of us can enjoy reading it. It's called, I Want a Better Catastrophe, Navigating the Climate Crisis with Grief, Hope, and Gallows Humor. We'll talk to Andrew not only about what inspired the book, but the conversations he's been able to have inside the book, but also now that he is sharing the book with others. Andrew, thank you again for the time. Really appreciate it. Cyrus, it's an honor to be here. Thank you. Well, the pleasure is definitely all mine. So, Andrew, I have to talk to you about this cover, first of all, before we get into the serious <laughs> nature sure, of sure. the book. Because the title is one thing, but our audience, of course, aren't able to see the, the – uh, on the radio side can't see the, the cover. Our podcast audience can see it there. What was it like for you to see this cover kind of sharing the story uh, with the world about the idea of a catastrophe and what it might look like? Yeah, no um – it's always a strange, uh, I'm, you know, my fourth book or so. So it's always a strange moment when, uh, you know, the author has created, you know, worked this book into it sort of as perfect as he can get it. And, uh, and then suddenly a visual appears, usually from someone else, you know, someone you've written mm-hmm. a contract with who has some control yeah. over the situation. So it's, it's funny. So um, it was, it took me a while to wrap my, to come to terms with it, but I, but I really like it and seems that, Everyone responds very strongly to it. You know, in brief, it's a it's a scene of the Earth being tossed and turned uh, in a tempestuous, you know, sky and a and a, and a rough seas, and a and a you know sea monster, a, a kraken, uh, rising up out of the the deep and toss you know tossing the the Earth around. And at first, I was like, what does an octopus have to do with the you know this book I've written about hope and grief and you know humor? And it turns out, you know. It's actually very appropriate. It's the we've we've done uh, some irrevocable damage to the planet, and we've released forces that um, are you know coming back at us. Um, you know, as you said, storms, tornadoes, um, uh, you know, extreme weather of all kinds, and it is. And now we have to ride it out. So it's a very appropriate cover, and it's very striking in all its colors. Yeah, it really is. And I have to say the other thing, too. I went into this book, Andrew, when it was first pitched to me by our friends at Gailey under Public Relations, and I thought to myself, this is fascinating enough that I at least want to read it. <laughs> you know, the, uh, And then when I got to reading it, I thought, okay, yeah, I'm excited about now being able to talk to him about it because – as you might imagine, that it's not always the case with the with the reviewer or with an interviewer. You know, when you actually you take the time to read the book, it's like, how am I going to even talk about this? But well, let me tell you what I love the most about it, Andrew, for our audience, Great. because our audience Thank is you. not a group that believes everything they're told 
or is waiting for me as Cyrus Webb to tell them what they should be thinking. They have their own thoughts. They have their own beliefs. They, they're people who actually think, and they say to themselves, okay, I know I have a role to play in this world, but how big is that role? What is actually possible? And what should I be worried about and not worried about? This is why this book is for my audience, <laughs> because I think a lot of times one of the questions that comes up in your book, to recycle or not recycle, you know, that is the question. I mean, people, and in my area, uh, Andrew, we cannot recycle. We have no recycling bins. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so wow. it's like, so well, then what do you do? You know, I mean, in that situation. So what has that been like for you to take a serious topic but to have some real conversations about it with people who may see it from different ways than you do? Yeah, um, that's a great question, and I'm I'm glad your uh, audience doesn't do whatever, whatever you tell them to do, you know. Um, yeah. We should always assume our audience has, you know, different opinions than we do and, uh, you know, has a deep intelligence uh, that they bring to the question. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, it's been very – I've been on the road with the book. Um, you know, the book's been out since February. I've been – I did seven events in the Northeast, three in the Midwest, two in the Pacific Northwest where I am now. Um, you know, Seattle is coming up this week, and then I'm headed to California. So I'm based in New York. So I've been all over the country. And, you know, to make the book, I talk to people from from all walks of life, and now – as I'm, you know, carrying the book out into the world, I'm, uh, you know, people are showing up uh, in the audiences and they have, you know, very different experiences. And that's actually a feature um, of, you know, we have a, a, a feature of the climate crisis, if you will, is that it affects people very differently. Uh, we have a very diverse country. We have a very unequal country, you know. Some people have access to a lot of privilege. Some people can, you know, get away from the hurricane and kind of go hang out in their second home. Other people... Um, you know, the, the, some other peop, people, the decision is made about, you know, which way to, uh, you know, the, where, the, where the water should, what, what neighborhoods the water should go into, you know, protecting the rich, letting the waters go into the poor neighborhoods. And that's, so people have very, very different experiences um, and obviously have uh, a different take on it. And, and some communities are responding uh, in different ways. Some have, uh, you know, community solar, some have, uh, you know, single stream recycling. Others have, you know, curbside composting, all of that. But, you know, and then there's many, this is a global problem. It's also an individual and a local and a, and, a, and a, you know, an American problem. So I think we need to, uh, there's ways to act at all levels. So, yeah, in that yeah. joke piece about why the heck am I recycling, you know, it's like because uh, it, it's not, that is insufficient, right, for us all to do, to, to narrow our little carbon footprints down to as narrow as we possibly can. Um, some of us can't, you know, aren't, the infrastructure needs, isn't even there to do that, as you say, with the recycling. But even if yeah. we did, that's, that's the individual level is only, you know, some small percentage of the problem. It's these, you know, large-scale things. We need to make a, a transition, transition our civilization off, off of fossil fuels and onto renewable energy. That will require, you know, uh, at all level, including uh, at the global level with, you know, global treaties between all the countries, um, as well as a very uh, strong, bold um, uh, action at the national level, which is finally starting to happen with the, uh, you know, ill-named uh, in Inflation Reduction Act and the bipartisan infrastructure bill and all that kind of stuff, making the kind of creating a glide path in our market uh, economy for a transition 
uh, off of fossil fuels to renewables. So, and we can participate in that. Uh, there are ways to participate in all levels, and I can give examples of things people can do in, in, in all these different ways. And the book offers many strategies and stories along those lines. Exactly, Andrew. And, and to that point, you and for those who are just finding out about this book, it's not just your thoughts. You're able to have some pretty interesting conversations with people. One of the interesting ones to me was about something, a term I've never heard before, utopianism. Uh, and I thought that was really interesting in kind of thinking about, again, the quote-unquote ideal world and then what is realistic. How did you decide who you wanted to talk to for the book? Yeah, well, part of the book's project is to not pretend that things are better than they are, you know, to acknowledge that we're in for, uh, you know, that the, the decades ahead, this, the century that we're going to be living through is going to be a rough one. You know, because we didn't do the things we needed to do 30, 40 years ago, particularly the fossil fuel companies, uh, you know, cast doubt on the science and spent $100 million on lobbyists to, to delay action and prevent the uh, transition that we needed to do, you know, decades ago. So we're in this, we're in a place where we're in for some kind of uh, catastrophe. That's the, the idea of a, the, the best thing we can get is a better catastrophe. What does that look like? Um, how do we... Uh, get aligned around that, you know, how do we hope for that, you know? And so I wanted to talk to people who were a, engaged, who were doing things, who were um, working for a better catastrophe, acknowledging, you know, who, who sort of accepted, understood, they'd read the science, they'd, they'd um, done their analysis, and they understood that we were in for a catastrophe, but they were seeking out a better one in, their, in all these different ways, uh, according to the different people I interviewed. So that was the primary thing. And then I wanted a diverse um, array of people. So I spoke with, say, um, indigenous botanist uh, Robin Wall Kimmerer, who's part, you know, part Irish and part uh, Native. And she twins uh, indigenous knowledge with scientific uh, understanding. And, um, you know, so that was one person I wanted, you know, I talked to. And she, you know, she was like, we, we think of ourselves, the last 500 years, we've been bad partners with the planet, you know, and we think that's who we are, essentially. But for most of our 6 million history, we've been good partners with the, with the planet. We're partners, not just takers, you know, not just people yeah. extracting things and burning things and, and then throwing our, our refuse out into this natural world. And let's tell that, that better, that truer, that deeper, that longer story about ourselves, you know. And so she's a scientist, but she's very focused on on helping us to sort of tell a different story. Um, I spoke with um, Gopal Dayanani. He's based in Oakland. He's a leading voice in the climate justice and uh, cli you know, environmental justice movement. Um, he wasn't uh, you know, pulling any punches, pretending things were better than they, they are, but he, had a, he said, what can we do to make things better? And for him, it was like, you know, we are going to suffer. We're in for a lot of suffering. So his question was, so how do we distribute that suffering more equitably? So from his point of view, if we have, if we can center justice, right, if we can handle the um, crisis management in a just way, if we can figure out our solutions in a way that protects uh, the most vulnerable, that takes into consideration who is impacted first and worst, then that's the way to a better catastrophe. So those are the kind of people I was talking to. Andrew, I want to talk to you about your own insert into this whole conversation. I'm going to get into that. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, though, it's on the radio side or online. You're listening to Conversations Live. Andrew Boyd is our guest. We're talking with him about his new book, I Want a Better Catastrophe, Navigating the Climate Crisis with Grief, Hope, and Gallows Humor. So 
Andrew, you and I have never spoken before today. I have okay. never had a conversation with you, uh, but I read your book. And I feel like mm-hmm, by mm-hmm, reading the mm-hmm. book, not only did I find out what was of interest to you and concern to you, I also got to know you. It's interesting hearing you talk about yeah. the story just now. It reminded me of something you said in the book about singing your mm. stories. I want to ask you about that. Was that mm-hmm. a conscious thing you decided to do to insert your own self into the story, to kind of tell people who you are? We got to hear about your upbringing. We got to hear about how you treated people. How And, and I think people feel a connection with you about looking to those who others may shun and, and kind of having an interest but not, you know, not – you know, trying to say you know what it's like to drive while black, but still understand what it's like to deal with challenges yeah. in life. Was that something that you knew going in you wanted to do, or is that something that just came up as the story was unfolding? It's a great, great question. It's a great question. Um, I think, you know, because of what we were talking about before, that everybody is experiencing this in different ways with, you know, more or less exposure and vulnerability, more or less privilege. Um, I think it's important to acknowledge where I, you know, land on that and, um, uh, and, you know, tell, and also because this is a journey, the whole book is a journey, uh, that begins with a bit of a crisis of hope, you know, like, can we fix this? Can we solve this? Uh, what is still worth doing? You know, can the hope that as a lifelong activist sort of powered me through many other causes, you know, sometimes to victory can, uh, can that work here, you know, uh, or do I have to sort of reach deeper for a deeper, more robust, more resilient kind of hope um, in order to, you know, uh, get through the dark times ahead, right? And so it was a, the whole book was a, an exploration of that kind of hope, and, and, and in some ways, you know, it's a um, it's an exploration into the collective mindset, the collective psyche, and into the you know the people I interview and the many people I talk to, but it's also a journey that I take and, you know, in, in search of uh, a stronger footing for myself, you know, to, to face the, the predicament that we're in. So there was, it, 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 I show up, you know, in various parts of, of the book um, and, you know, and that there's a way to be, you know, self-deprecating and humorous and kind of, uh, uh, you know, I think it's important for people to see me struggling, you know, to see me going through my own angst and my own uncertainty and my own stumbling through this very, like, very difficult, arguably impossible situation, you know, that we've been, that we've um, got ourselves into here, where we know the future, where, you know, we've baked into the atmosphere and we keep baking it in, right? We know what we need to do to um, make our future not as terrible as we are making it and we're not doing it. And so, there's all this – we're in an oxymoronic, ironic situation where, uh, you know, and it's crazy-making for a lot of us, you know. Uh, it's very complex. It's full of contradiction. Uh, we're on, we feel like we're, you know, struggling to, to, to not be anxious, to, to, to identify where we have agency, where we have power, what difference we can make. Um, is recycling meaningful or meaningless? Is that why are we? T- why are they telling us to recycle when the problem is so much bigger? You know, all these confusing things. Um, and I try to step my own way through it, and for people to see me debating it in my own mind. And I think that is very humanizing. It's a very. It's a way that people can 
Yeah, even the author is confused, you know? Of course, (laughs) he's confused in a way that I recognize. You know, he's confused in a way that I, too, am confused, but I've never articulated it. I've never had that conversation with anyone, or I've never seen it on the the page, you know, in a book, you know, which has supposed authority, (laughs) you know. For, for for rightly or wrongly, you know, a book has a lot of authority. So that's what I've been hearing on the road is people are like, it is so good to just talk about this stuff. It's so good to come together with people and talk about it. It's so good to sort of, I didn't, I'm so glad I'm not just sitting in the corner sweating through this on my own and thinking I'm the only one doing it, you know? Right. So I think that's part of the reason um, there's, you know, trying to be honest in all these ways, both about, the difficulty, but also about, you know, my relative privilege and my recognition uh, of, of where that fits in the spectrum of, of the people, people having really different experiences of this, depending on their, uh, their background and their geography and, uh, you know, their uh, everything. Exactly. Such a great point. So if there is a call to action then, Andrew, for the reader, what would you say it is when people finish reading the book? What do you want them to remember? What do you want them to do or be able to realize they can do? It's a great question. So I think part of the central project of the book is for people, you know, people, a lot of us, you know, and I've had my moments. You know, a lot of us are either are trying to find some comfort, some comfortable place to stand, you know, and and a couple of those that we are drawn to are it's all going to work out. It's all going to work out or we're already doomed, right? So those are these two sort of binary, absolute kind of places that people go to just feel comfort. We're already doomed, so I don't have to do anything. I don't have to think too hard. I don't have to feel this because, you know, it's all over. You know, it's all over except for, you know, whatever, the playing of it out. Or people are like, it's all going to work out. They're, they, some mysterious they are going to take care of it. Or <laughs> the, 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 the planet will right the ship. You know, it's cha- the climate has changed before. It'll change again, the planet, you know. Um, or God will step in, or whatever. So there's these there are these binary uh, things, which are both all of these are moral abdications, right? They're all like I don't have to do anything, right? Or I it's as if I'm not really part of caring, kind, struggling, solidarity, humanity, right? That, that as if we're not part of the whole, uh, and that's just it's understandable that we go to those places because we want some peace of mind. So the book invites you to say, look. Just because we're in for catastrophe, some kind of catastrophe, just because it looks dark in our future doesn't mean it's over, right? And no, uh, don't pretend it's better than it is. No, you can't just sit on the sidelines. Um, this is this is the your entire species. This is your country. This is everyone and everything that you love is on the line. No, you are you are in this. You just need to find a way to be in this uh, in a way that's uh, uh, ethical and powerful right and so the book the book says you know the, the the basic move of the book is there is a better catastrophe it's not like it's the end of the world it's only the end of the, a certain world that we've grown to expect right that we can dump our waste anywhere we want and the earth will absorb it that we can pull things out of the earth you know coal gas oil and burn it as much of our as we want and and it won't have disastrous consequences you know that we can um just treat the earth as a product as opposed to our, um, our, you know, living, um, our, you know, the, the matrix of life from which we come and on which we depend. Right. So it's a, it's just sort of, yeah. So I would say the, the, the takeaway is um, just because 
it's dark, you know, just because it looks doomy doesn't mean we're doomed. And in fact, what we do in this decade will matter possibly more than what we do and have done or done in any other decade. This is what they call the critical decade. If we can make the transition, and ideally in a just way, if we can make the transition off of fossil fuels to, to renewables rapidly and justly in this decade, then we will uh, preserve what we love the most uh, about uh, you know, our communities, our societies, ourselves, and we will have dignity and we will, have, we will be in alignment with our own ethical compass. You know, Don't step away. Don't sit on the sidelines. Don't pretend it's better than it is. Don't pretend it's worse than it is. Figure out, like, be honest about where we're at and uh, take action where you can. There's much we can do. And in fact, it has a, 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 an, an impact and a consequence over geologic time, what we do in this decade. So step up, find your people, um, do whatever at the individual level you can, recycling, put solar on your roof, you know, uh, get an electric bicycle, uh, switch to an EV, et cetera. Do whatever you can at the community level. Uh, you know, better public transportation, uh, community solar, uh, you know, a climate resiliency plan to, you know, in, so that we, we can be all together, the community can be uh, united and prepared for when, uh, you know, climate extreme weather happens. Join a movement so you can act at the national uh, and states and uh, uh, global level. There's so many great groups um, uh, in Mississippi and across the country, 350, uh, Sunrise, uh, Extinction Rebellion, uh, Climate uh, Justice Networks. Uh, yeah. And, you know, yes, everything's falling apart, but also everything's coming together right now. The movements are getting stronger and more united. Uh, the Senate, after 36 years of inaction, passed huge uh, climate bills that will uh, reshape, uh, help allow us to reshape our country in a, in a cleaner, safer way and make the energy transition while creating uh, good green jobs. Uh, so, yes, things are falling apart, but it's all coming together. Be part, be part of having it fall apart as least terribly as possible and be part of uh, having it come together uh, in a, um, you know, a greener, cleaner, uh, and more just way. Uh, everything's up for grabs right now. Uh, be, part, be part of that. Uh, and be strong. Right. Be strong. Again, everyone, Andrew Boyd has been our guest. I Want a Better Catastrophe is the book, Navigating the Climate Crisis with Grief, Hope, and Gallows Humor. You all can get your copy of the book on Amazon.com, of course. Uh, Andrew, really enjoyed the conversation with you. We were talking before we went on here. Let our audience know how they can follow the website. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, thank you, uh, Cyrus. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure. Um, I appreciate your perspective very much. Um, and you're very, you're very, uh, get in there and ask the interesting questions. Thank you. Uh, so the website for the book uh, is bettercatastrophe.com. Uh, and you can read samples free, you know, free before you buy. You can read samples of the book there. You can look at a bunch of the visuals in there. You can look at the uh, profiles uh, of the people I interviewed. You can see my tour schedule. Um, mostly it's on the West Coast right now. Um, hoping to make it to the South. Uh, at some point, um, you know, later this year. Um, but yeah, bettercatastrophe.com. Um, everything you need uh, to know about the book uh, is there. All right. All right, Andrew. Thanks again. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to speaking with you again. Yeah. Uh, likewise. Thank you very much.
more than welcome. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webster. As always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care.